All right, this is the Miami Heat Index Heatcast with the NBA Finals preview. Everything you need to know about the Finals before they start. Uh, I have the usual cast of characters. Fiona uh, Winfield, the Queen of Heat News. Alfredo Arteaga from HeatFreak.com. And Big Shot Ron from the Section 357 show. <sighs> Ms. Winfield, how you doing today? Pretty good. Big Shot Ron, how you doing? Well, very well, very well. <laughs> Alfredo, how about you? Splendid. <laughs> All right, let's get started. So, uh, you know, Big Shot Ron, we did a heat cast last week, and uh, we made, we just updated our final predictions of whether or not the heat, if the heat got past the Celtics. So I'll give you a chance to update yours. Uh, you got heat or the thunder in how many games? I got heat in the full boat of seven. Um, I think pretty much as great as the OKC home court is because of James, because of Wade, it might take a while, but they'll find a way to get one in OKC. Obviously, that would be the game seven, but I think the resolve of those two, they find a way to get that game seven. Okay. And who do you have as finals MVP? I think it's LeBron. I just, I just think right now he's just he's on such a roll. He's locked in, focused, all those buzzwords. So I got LeBron averaging almost an Oscar for the whole series. Wow. Okay. So we all have LeBron as Finals MVP. Uh, Tiana had Heat in seven, like you did. I had Heat in five. Alfredo had Heat in six. So, let's get into some details. <clears throat> First question, uh, Ms. Winfield, is going to be for you. What is your biggest question for the finals? Um, I'm interested to see how the, uh, like the coaching adjustments with, 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 with different matchups um, to see how Brooks and Poe will uh, you know, kind of play chess with each other. So. Which, is any particular match you're looking forward to the most? I'm interested to see how they how they incorporate how they play Bosch and uh, Serge off of each other. You know. Okay. Because uh, I guess my question is, you know, for Spo is how do you keep him out? How how do you keep Serge out of the paint? And, you know, and then I'm, I'm trying to, then, then I would want to know how, you know, folks would try to keep him in the paint. So, you know, just, so, just that question. And you're talking about how do you keep Serge out of the paint defensively? Correct. Okay. Okay. Alfredo, what's your biggest question for the finals? <clears throat> to see if uh, OKC decides to match up straight up, and meaning by that, how much Durant's going to guard LeBron, Thabo uh, on Wade, and if they're really going to guard Boss with Ibaka. Um, watching those the other two games, it was interesting how they used Durant on Boss for short periods of time. And I'd be interested to see if they actually go small like they did against the Spurs and try to get away with Durant on Bosch and whether the Heat punish him with it. That would, of course, mean that they would try to use Dabo on on LeBron, and I don't know how that's going to work out. 
So I'd be interested to see if they're going to try to stay big or go small. I think that's the thing that gets overlooked with them a lot is, you know, the Thunder played Durant at power forward for about half the game. Mm-hmm. And people don't really bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big shot, Ryan, what's your big question for the final? The, the question I think is going to be is, obviously you talk about the Thunder's big three is with Westbrook, Durant, Harden, one of them is going to get a favorable matchup, whether that's that basically means getting away from Wade or James on the offensive end. So I guess my intricate matchup is to see does Battier and or Chalmers, can they defend Harden or can they defend Westbrook for stretches at a time at any point in the series? Because I think that that could be the difference is if it's a, an, another perimeter player from the heat that's able to hold his own against one of those two, against Westbrook or Harden. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, Fiana. So <clears throat> you said your biggest question was Ibaka versus Bosch, and Alfredo's biggest question is the Thunder matching straight up. So outside of that Ibaka Bosch matchup, do you see that dictating whether or not the, the Thunder match up with the Heat straight up, or do you think it's going to be a lot of what Alfredo was talking about with Durant on Bosch possibly? Um, actually, I think that's very possible. Because I'm sure that they're going to find a way to keep uh, to deter Wade and James from the rim, uh, and you know, I'm sure that they're going to probably you know offset him on someone that you probably wouldn't think of. So, hmm. okay, okay. Now, Big Shot Ron, you had in your finals preview uh, at uh, BigShotRon.blogspot.com that. Uh, you were wondering whether the Thunder were actually going to be forced to put Ibaka on LeBron. Yeah, I think if, if you bring Ibaka out on Bosch, you, you're taking away your best shot block of all intents and purposes if you have him get out there 15 feet. And I think one of the things you saw in the Spurs series was, and I don't know what the plus minus was, but I know when Ibaka wasn't on the floor, the Spurs pretty much got to the rim easily. They were able to break down first, they were able to get through the, uh, the Thunder defense. So to me, if you're going to spell Kevin Durant from having to guard LeBron, you can't do it with Cephalosa. You clearly can't do it with Westbrook or Harden. Your best, your most athletic big guy is Ibaka. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised to see him take LeBron for maybe five, five to seven minutes a game because there just isn't another place to go if you're really trying to spare Kevin Durant. Okay. All right. So, my biggest question for the finals, and maybe this is just because I'm a Wade fan, is will NBA Finals Dwayne Wade show up? <laughs> you know, because it's kind of funny. Like, he said it today in his media availability that, uh, you know, he had a bad conference finals last last season against the Bulls. And I say bad, but he had a below average for Dwayne Wade conference finals. And the same thing happened this year with the Celtics. And so, the question for me is, is, has Dwayne Wade just been saving it for the finals? Was he just pacing himself? Or is the knee legitimately bothering him and he's not going to be able to do what he did last year against the Mavericks in the finals? That's the biggest question for me. Alfredo, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, you know, if you look at both of, both of Dwayne Wade's finals appearances, they were both spectacular. He played very, very well. And 
you know, if you look at this finals matchup, he's not supposed to because he's supposed he's going to have uh, some defensive responsibilities. And Sabalosha is going to probably use all of his fouls in defending him. So he's going to be challenged in this series. But he could manifest his game in other ways. Maybe he's going to be great on the boards and defensively. So, and it is interesting, in the March meeting, uh, I was looking at that also. He defended Kevin Durant for seven possessions. And on three of them, Durant shot over him and didn't even attempt to take him off the dribble. So, that could be something that might rear its head in game one. So, is that good or bad for the Heat? I think it's bad for the Heat. Because, uh, Durant is such a streaky shooter that if he can catch it deep on Wade, those are going to be just dreadful wasted possessions where he's just going to shoot simple 17-footers over Wade and, you know, bury us under a barrage of jumpers. Mm. But if he can catch it at the top of the key with Wade on him, that could really be a, a really good defensive possession for us because he he's going to be better than, than LeBron at denying the ball. Okay. So it's really about positioning with uh, with Kevin Durant. You know, if you watch him play, he's best when he's roaming the baseline and then pops up on the elbow on the other side and catches it there. I talked about this last year, right before the finals, where, you know, the Heat felt that Dirk was best when he had a live dribble. Durant's different on that. You know, his handle is so good that he doesn't need the extra advantage of catching it live in the elbow. You know, he could take a dribble or two to get into the elbow area then back you down and shoot over you. So it's about watching him in the baseline, and it's about getting our bigs to, you know, put a shoulder into him when he's running that baseline. You know, you're going to see a very physical series, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Especially on Durant. Okay. Well, I know that game, in when they played in Miami, that was a physical ball game. Uh, Fiona, what do you think? Which way do you think is going to show up? Um, you know, I think it's the way that, you know, we know the show up. Uh, I am kind of concerned about him being uh, guarded by taller, you know, and more physical players because he tends to get frustrated a lot. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, and just kind of watching some of these past series, you know, he has affected the game in other ways outside of scoring, but they're going to need his scoring and his defense, so, you know. Yeah, I it's, think, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm finished. Okay. I, I think when I was thinking about this, you know, Wade has had an easy run so far in the playoffs in terms of opponents. He had, you know, J.R. Smith, who couldn't shoot, um, and then he ended up, they had to put him weight on Novak when Novak was in the game. Then in Indiana, he had Paul George, who couldn't shoot, and Leandro Barbosa, who he could, you know, post up at will. And then he had a hobble Ray Allen in the conference finals. This is going to be the first time he's going up against another, another shooting guard who, I mean, James Harden, he's going to shoot a high percentage, and he's going to get to the free throw line. Wade didn't really have to worry about that so far in the playoffs in this run. Um, <laughs> Big Shot Ryan, what do you think about that? What do you expect from Wade? I think he'll have his moments. I just wonder, though, 
again, like I talked about in the article, they're going to be able to send three different guys on him with Cephalosha, Westbrook, and Harden. And I just wonder if they don't just wear him down, as great as he is and as great as he's been in the finals, if they don't just kind of just use that kind of gang mentality with those three and just kind of take turns and just wear him down eventually. Where it now becomes on LeBron and Bosh to take more of the scoring load because they just worn weight out because of the knee and just sending constant different looks and different guys at him. Okay. All right, so, Fiona, you said that uh, you were in part of your biggest question with the Bosh and Ibaka matchup. You were really interested in the coaches and what they were going to do. So which coach do you expect to have the advantage in the finals? Really, I think it's going to be uh, yeah. they might go to a draw, you know, okay? But I think the coach that I really can't pick just one, okay. you know what I mean? Because they've both done some bonehead things here lately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have. Yeah. But I, I think it's the coach that's going to be able to take away the most. Um, well, all right. What's so? What's the uh, what's the boneheaded thing that Scott Brooks did recently? I mean, what was it? Was it game one, game two? He didn't play uh, third for like, like 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 the whole fourth quarter, something oh, like that. Right. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, wow. You know. And then I guess, and then Spoke countered that on the other side by not playing by not starting Boston, playing Boston in the fourth quarter, of game five. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, some other things, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you: Is it going to be whichever one makes the least mistakes, or which one coaches the best? Like, what do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be the one that coaches the best. Okay. And you know, again, who can take away the most from their opponent? All right. So then, so, how will we be able to tell who wins? You know, um, like if Brooks takes away X, then he wins, or if Spo takes away what, then Spo wins. Like, let's say if you know, let's say Brooks, if he can squash weight, okay. And, and what I mean by squash is is to limit his offensive, you know, prowess to get to the rim. Okay, that kind of thing. Or if you know. They can, you know, bother LeBron James. Okay, whoever can make somebody ineffective. Okay, because a lot, of, and you know, for the Heat, a lot of the birds are gonna fall on the, uh, you know, on Wade, LeBron, and Bosch. Okay, right. Um, for OKC, you got a lot of people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they can come in. <laughs> it's not just. You know, Westbrook, Durant, and uh, Harden, you know, you got Collison that can play very well, okay? You know, so, I mean, he has, you know, it's, 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 to me, it's just about who's going to be able to nullify the most. What can, I, what, can I, what can I take away from you to give my team the advantage to win? And I think that's what it's come down to. Okay. Alfredo, who do you think has the coaching advantage in this series? Uh, well, I've said before on, on your podcast that 
I think Scotty Brooks is absolutely horrendous. So, so obviously I'll go with with Spo because both are stubborn. But one's stubborn and has some talent, and the other is stubborn and is a terrible coach in my opinion. So I'll give it to Spo by default. Wow, tough words. Uh, now you know. <laughs> in the Easy Conference Finals, you know, in your Game 5 recap, you took Spo to task. I did. He but was terrible you think, in, in that game. You think that little of Scott Brooks, that even after Spo, after seeing Spo's flaws, you think Scott Brooks is that much worse? Yes. Okay. And and the proof is in, in the pudding. On tomorrow night, when they announce the starters, the starting center for Oklahoma City will be Kendrick Perkins. And he will log big minutes. That alone is is enough to, to say Scotty Brooks is one terrible coach. Because all you gotta do is just watch that guy play a couple of games. And he's just he's not the player he used to be, and he serves absolutely no purpose. And on, until they started using him differently in that Spurs series, they would have gotten beaten in five. But even then they tried to force feed you know, they try to force feed him into certain lineups that he's just not adept at. And that's what led to a lot of spur runs. Well, what's so, worse? What's worse? Starting Kendrick Perkins at center or Shane Battier power forward? Kendrick Perkins at center. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big shot, Rod. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, first, do you agree with that? <laughs> no, I think Spo. Spo to me is like. Spo is the Mario Chalmers of NBA head coaches. <laughs> <laughs> good, good analogy. In that, in, he's gonna he's gonna get the side eye from everybody because he's got Wade James by so so everybody's gonna give him the funny eye regardless as to what happens. But I think take away those side eye. I think Spoelstra is a is a pretty good coach. Now, you could talk about this. Did he? Obviously, he sat Bosch on the floor. He, he Bosch didn't play a lot until he really needed him in Game Seven. He's gone with the Battier power forward lineup, which I, under no circumstance do I think that's good. But I think Spolster is a pretty good coach, and I think this is, he's in a really tough spot with this particular group of players. But I would give him the advantage over Scott Brooks. And part of Scott Brooks' problem is that he's got a dude that is kind of half crazy in Russell Westbrook, who he who he can rein in at times, but then a lot of times he can't. So Spolstra, I think, is really not as bad a coach. I don't think he's a bad. I think he's a really good coach in a tough spot with this team. Hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting. All right, so my take is, I think. Scotty Brooks has a coaching advantage, and here's why I say that. Uh, two reasons. One, because we just saw Scott Brooks outcoach Greg Popovich, and nobody wants to talk about that, but he did. You know, Alfredo, you talked about Kendrick Perkins, but when Brooks made the adjustment to keep Ibaka on the floor more and to keep Thabo Cephalosha on the floor more than Fisher, like once he made those, and once he made the change to play Thabo, Collison, and Ibaka, you know, within the top six minutes for the team, they took off against the Spurs and the Spurs couldn't beat them. 
problem is never adjusted. Whereas Bo, I mean, we saw him panic in the Eastern Conference semifinals when Bosch got hurt. And I, I just can't get over that. To me, <laughs> when you got LeBron and Wade in your team, and you look on the other side, and all you see is Danny Granger and David West, you can't panic. I'm, I'm sorry, you just can't panic. And so I, I, I give, I, I give Scott Brooks the edge. Whereas, you know, because I, I know Scott Brooks is going to play his best players. And Spo, he may or he may not. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, Alfredo, would you be shocked if Shane Batty starts to power forward in game one? Uh, I don't have any information on that, but, yeah, I would be shocked. Okay. Fianna, would you no, be I wouldn't be shocked. I'd say I wouldn't be shocked. You would not be shocked. Okay. Yeah. Fianna, would you be shocked if uh, Battier started at power forward in game one? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you said it says it all. <laughs> All right, let's talk defense, uh, because I'm listening to the media availability today, and Scott Brooks constantly says, we're a defensive team, we defend first, our identity is our defense, and Spo says the same thing all the time. So, Gianna, you tell me, who's going to be the most important defender in this series? You mean like a, a player? Yeah, like a player. Uh, uh well... LeBron. Okay. And then I guess for OKC it would be uh All right, tell me why. Well, well, LeBron can guard anybody, really. <laughs> you know, um, and he'll probably have spells on just about everybody. And uh, I think with uh, Sacramento again, it's how he will affect plays, you know, on the offensive end. So you think they'll use LeBron to guard multiple positions again, so that means you you expect him to guard Westbrook? Oh, it wouldn't be surprised. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Alfredo, who's going to be the uh, defensive player of the finals? Uh, I, I think the most important player is going to be Serge Ibaka. And... More importantly, for for even for his rebounding, because I think he's gonna he's gonna log a lot of minutes. Because I think the, the he's gonna render Kendrick Perkins pretty much useless after the first two games, and Scotty Brooks is gonna go go almost exclusively to Ibaka at center. So I would say Serge Ibaka is really really important in this series because he's gonna have to be able to move. Because the Heat's definitely gonna put him in a bunch of side pick rolls and see if he can defend. Okay. Big Sharon, who's your defensive player of the finals? Defensive player of the finals, I think, is gonna be is gonna be LeBron James because this is a series where, he, yeah, he has the versatility to play different people, but come fourth quarters, assuming these games will be close, he's gonna get tasked with guarding the NBA scoring champ, and it's a role I'm sure that they're. I'm sure they're working on different schemes to give him some help. But for the most part, he's going to have to defend Kevin Durant in the biggest moments. So, to me, he has to be the defensive player of the year, defensive player of the final. And on the flip side, you can do as many small matches as you want to and try to go big and try to do this. Kevin Durant, at some point, is going to have to do at least a credible 
job of making it difficult on LeBron. So those two guys, to me, are going to have to defend each other the majority of time, whether their coaches like it or not. So to me, LeBron becomes the defensive player in the final, but Kevin Durant is going to have to play defense at some point. Hmm. Interesting. All right, so, you know, my, my, my thought, too, is that it comes down to whether or not LeBron can do to Durant what he did to Derrick Rose last year. Why you got to bring up old shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because just like they painted Rose, you know, he was the humble MVP last year, doing the same thing with Durant this year. He's the humble, uh, should have been MVP. Um, and so this is my question. I wonder, and they were, they were both young, so is LeBron, can LeBron expose Durant? Um, but this is, the, this is what I got hung up on, Fiona, was it all comes back to Spo. Is Spo going to allow LeBron to guard Durant enough? Like, how, how do you think the split's going to go between LeBron and Battier on Durant? I mean, I, I, I don't. To me, that's not a question. <laughs> um, I think, it, like I said, you know, if the game is close, it's in the fourth quarter, I would expect LeBron to be on Kevin Durant. I, I, I don't see Battier. I, I, if, when you say that, I thought of Battier guarding Carmelo Anthony. Right. Right. And I thought of it because, one, because you said, you know, you see LeBron guard multiple positions, and I agree with that. So I'm wondering if they're going to rotate him off of Durant and leave Battier on him. Um, I won't, yeah, but when I say that, I, I'm talking about, you know, like quarters one through three. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But I think when it comes down to crunch time, LeBron will guard Kevin Durant. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Alfredo, let's talk about the children of a lesser god, the reserves. <laughs> Who's going to be sixth man of the finals? Who's the most important reserve in this series? Derek Fisher. Get out of here. And you know why I say that? I have no clue. Because he's going to be the Heat's best player in this series. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to allow Spo to play Norris Cole in this series. That's not a now, problem. Of course, now, of course, Scott, you know, Scott Brooks can, you know, wise up and, you know, limit his minutes as a spot-up shooter. That's the way he'll be effective. But I actually saw Derek Fisher in these playoffs. I actually try to orchestrate offense with the second unit. When you have a James Harden, I don't know why you would do that. But if he does do that, it's going to allow Spo to try to maybe use Norris Cole for five or six minutes to that's try to see if he can induce some turnovers. But that's not positive. Less uh, on Derek Fisher? If you could delay their offense, and especially that second unit, and force them to be shooting late in the shot clock, you've already won. And if you could pressure the ball on Derek Fisher, you know, that would be great. The one guy that we have to pressure the ball on Derek Fisher is Norris Cole. And it'll allow everybody else to keep their fouls intact, so you could even use some fouls with, with Cole. So he could play a role very similar to the one that he played to some success for a few minutes against Rondo in this series, this last series that we just got through. So, yeah, that's who I say is the most important reserve because I don't consider James Harden a reserve. The guy's a starter. He just, you know, comes off the bench. Now, you know, I mean, against the Spurs series, that was one of the adjustments Brooks made is he cut back Derrick Fisher's minutes. Right. 
which you know mm-hmm. you know saddens me a little bit. But it still gives you faith to pick Fisher as the most important reserve in the series. Because I, I think that he'll play. And you actually think Norris Cole can outplay Derek Fisher? Absolutely. Because I don't. I think he can score zero points and I'll play, I'll play Derek Fisher. See, but Derek Fisher won't turn the ball over like Cole will. Uh, I don't think Cole will even be handling at certain times. If, if they just use him as a, as a spot defender, delay the ball. As soon as they adjust... You go to the bench and you sit Norris Cole on the bench, and that's it. And you and you've already won. Wait, wait, just you... like just like they did in, in Game Four against against the Celtics. So you talking... Norris Cole for five minutes, changed the entire Celtic offense. Celtics adjusted. Norris Cole found himself on the bench. Yeah, but five minutes, he still got to play offense in that five minutes. You gonna play four on five? Uh, if it gives you an eight zero run, or like in the Celtic game, gave us an eleven three run. You know, Norris so, Cole, a lot of credit. <laughs> for whatever reason, we went on an 11-3 run with Norris Cole defending Rajon Rondo in Game 4. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Big shot, Ron. You had Norris Cole making all-rookie team in your preseason predictions. Yeah, I was wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, it was. About that, and it was cool. I had them second-team all-rookie. So, so. so you don't share Arturo's, op- Arturo, Alfredo's optimism about Norris Cole having an impact in the series. No, I don't, and that's because my main man Mario Chalmers, I think, is going to be is the X factor. So now, nah. <laughs> Norris Cole should see minimum minutes, like like Norris Cole and and uh, Terrell Harris will probably see about the same number of minutes. <laughs> Terrell, Harris may not even, Terrell Harris may not even be activated for this series. Hey, yeah, Norris might want to find himself a nice suit jacket, you know. <laughs> <laughs> go sit down there at the end. Now, with, uh, Eddie and I, I will say this: I'd rather see Norris Cole in the jersey than Eddie Curry. So, but who's your most important uh, reserve for the finals, Big Shot Ron? I mean, James Hart, I think, is, is is a reserve. But like like Alfredo, I don't really consider him a reserve. I think it's Joel Anthony. Hmm. And the reason I picked Joel Anthony is because with whether it's Ibaka or Perkins, Joel Anthony. From his defense, can get out there if Ibaka is hitting that 15 footer. He can get out there and contest it. We know he can help block shots. He's a physical presence against Perkins, so he can keep Perkins from doing whatever Perkins may or may not do. So <laughs> I think Joel Anthony can. Joel Anthony, I think, is a, is one of them guys that might have three points, three rebounds, but his contribution is a lot bigger. So I, I could see him being big for the Heat in this area. I would like to believe that, too. Uh, and the good thing about the Warden against Perkins is that uh, neither one of them rebounds very well, so you're not losing anything. You can play Joel Anthony against Perkins without getting killed on the boards. Um, uh, Fiana, who's your, who do you think is going to be the most important reserve in this series? Um, I'll say Haslam. Oh. And you don't think he's going to start? Huh? You don't think well, he's... that's not guaranteed. Okay, okay. So um, wait, wait! I got to get your starting lineup then. If you got UD coming off the bench. Well, um, I can't. Okay, so we got what? LeBron, Wade, right? Chris Bosh. I will start Joel Anthony. Yep. Okay. I will start him. A 
you know Shay Valier is going to start. I, 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 I just, I don't see so bringing him off the bench. I, I, I just don't. Okay, so you um, got, so you say you, you would start Joel, but you think Valier is going to take his spot? Yeah. Okay, okay. And you got Charm as a point guard? Yeah, okay. yes. Okay. All right, so I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt. Back to your point about UD. Um, you know, it, it, it's simple. It, it, it's no, no rebounds, no rings, you know. Um, and it's going to, you know, it might be a little tough because, you know, Haslam is a little undersized if he's in there with Perkins and Serge. You know, you know so, but you got to get bored. Right. You know. And I, I think UD is a better rebound. Oh, I know UD is a better rebounder than Perkins. And I would be shocked if he's not a better rebounder than Ibaka. I'd be shocked if Ibaka out-rebounds UD in this series. But it's four limits his minutes, like you say, by bringing him off the bench. Well, what are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, man, you just depressed me with that. Gee whiz. It didn't even occur to me he might put UD on the bench. <laughs> Damn. All right, well, my reserve was... <laughs> Y'all are going to kill me. I, I mean, it's Harden. Uh, it's, but it's a double-edged sword, right? It's, if Harden sets up the top of the free throw line like he has in every other series, it's going to be a problem. Because it means either the big men are in foul trouble or Dwayne Wade is in foul trouble. Either one is not a good situation. Um, and on the flip side for the Heat, it's just a matter of how much damage will Shade Monkey Nuts do. I mean, if he plays 38 minutes a game like he did in the Celtics series, well, it's going to be very hard. On Dwayne Wade and LeBron overcome that, but it comes down to spoke. Uh, Alfredo, you have this series going six games. So, uh-huh. which one of those six games is going to be the best one to watch? It's going to be Game Five in Miami. Uh, I think the series will be two-two going into that game, and very much like in 2006, it'll be epic. And that could be one of those 40-40 games where you could have a duel between Durant and LeBron and they could go shot for shot and the Heat somehow pull it off in, in the final minute or in overtime. And that will be the difference in the series. Once they win that game, you'll know they're going to win the series. Okay, okay. Big shot, Ron. What's the, what's the going to be the best game to watch in the series? You got to go in seven, so... I agree with Alfredo. I think it's game five. I, because I think that is, that's your game where you get, where you, you really, you either get, you get the 40 40 duel. And I think in any playoff series, once both teams have two wins, you just keep raising the stakes higher and higher. Game five, I think in Miami, potentially is probably the best game of the series. Game six, you know, I see Oklahoma City taking that one with a somewhat ease. And then Game 7, I think, of an NBA Finals in this series, it would be too much like right for it to be a great game. <laughs> so something funny will happen. It won't be a classic. So Game 5 to me is probably your last great game of this series, even though it's going to be a long huh. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> too much like right, huh? Fiona, um, yeah. what do you think is going to be the best game of the series to watch? I think game three. Ah, okay. Tell me why. Because you have a few scenarios. You can come back 1-1. You can come back 
down 2-0. Right. Or you can come back up 2-0. I mean, now that last one is really pushing you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how about they just come back 2-0 and so we could, you know, forget all this drama and start buying the champagne already. <laughs> you know, they don't operate that way. They don't do anything easy. No. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that that's a, to me, that's a, a momentum changing game. Okay. Okay. And it, and it could, it could, capital C, okay, dictate, you know, how the series could go. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I picked game two, and that's because I got the series going five games. So the Heat got to win game two <clears throat> to, uh, to keep me alive in that five game prediction. Um, I just I would I would have loved to, I wanted to pick game one, but the Heat just don't do anything the easy way. So they disappointed these big spots. So I can't see them coming in and taking game one from the Thunder. I just can't. Um, and plus, you know, the Heat they're not punchers; they're counter punchers. So, you know, game one, Spo will come out, do something stupid like start Battier. They'll get obliterated. He'll make an adjustment at halftime. They'll crawl back in it, fall short. Game two, he'll start the right lineup, make the right adjustments. And LeBron and Wade will have figured everything out and Bosch. And they'll be able to counterpunch the Thunder still game two. So I think game, I think the second half of game two should be classic. That's where I see the shot for shot, LeBron locking down Durant. In the fourth quarter and all that, I, I see all those storylines playing out second half of game two. Otherwise, my prediction is going to be blown to hell. So, uh, I think they have a good shot at winning game one. Do you really? Yes, I do. Good shot meaning what? What percentage? Uh, as far as winning, I think it's 50. And if I had to install a line, I'd say, you know, OKC. I have five points that they have them right now. So I think that OKC is a slight favorite in this game. And if Miami wins this game, I expect the Heat to lose by 30 in game two. Of course, because they won't care. Right. Ah, I, I can't see him stealing game one. Shriana, you see him stealing game one? It's possible. Well, I know it's possible, but if you had to put your life um, on it. And I, I thought about it because I was like, you know, they might still be a little tired for game seven, you know. Right. But I have to, you have to take into consideration of the excitement factor. And I don't think the Heat are going to be like, you know, jittery to the point where, the, you, you know, I think OKC will be. Hmm. Um, so, you know, they could they could, and I, you know, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I think I think OKC, OKC could it could be in for a culture shock when they see the Heat's defense, because that's something they haven't seen all postseason. That could that might be enough for the Heat to grab an early thirteen lead and ride the rest away and win by four. Interesting. Okay. Uh. Big shot, Ron. You see the Heat stealing game one? If there's a game stolen on the road, it would be that one. Because usually from what just what I've seen is that the team with the longer layoff, first game at home, 
for whatever reason, ring rust. You talk about their youth, haven't ever been here before. The Heat and a little bit more of a basketball rhythm just haven't played Saturday. If, if the Heat are going to win a game on the road before game seven, it would be the first one. Okay. All right. It's interesting. I didn't expect uh I didn't expect that much consensus on that. Uh all right. So uh Kiana, now <clears throat> when before the playoffs started, you said Twitter was gonna blow up when Ron Artest up on the court against OKC. Uh and I, and I was close, it almost did. Uh but you know, the, the series was never really competitive enough for the tension to really build. So what do you think is gonna blow up Twitter in the finals? A heat loss or a heat win. <laughs> and, and, and what I mean by that is they lose the whole series or they win it. Period. Oh, so you think it's not going to blow up till it's over? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, and if LeBron looks hesitant or his body language looks bad, if he's settling, you know. Right. tweet about the therapist and the body language experts today. Yeah. Uh, Alfredo, what's going to blow up Twitter in the finals? The, the first the Durant explosion game. And I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, I suspect maybe game two. What qualifies uh, as an explosion? Plus 35 or plus 40? Uh, plus 35, he's going to cover around 30. So <laughs> it's going to be 40 point game on efficient streak. You know? So, like, the way I see it is LeBron will start off on him. Maybe Durant gets off to a slow start. Maybe he doesn't. Then Battier gets put on him. He lights up Battier like a Christmas tree. And then LeBron has kind of, like, restore order. Hmm. What do you think? Disagree? It sounds, that, that sounds about right. Although I looked up, I looked up the numbers, and I went back five years, you know, looking up numbers. Durant when guarded by Battier, for whatever reason, he likes taking a lot of threes against Battier, for whatever reason, and doesn't get to the free throw line that much. Now, you know, the sample size is not that very, it's not that big. I'm, we're talking about 11 games that I, could, that I went back on. So, that suggests to me that, for whatever reason, he's shooting from the outside and not driving on him. I guess LeBron, he lived in the mid-range, for whatever reason. And shot pretty poorly, you know, for his whole career against LeBron in the mid range. So, you know, we're talking about a guy who's had a lot of success against these two guys. Now, he's had a lot of success against Battier recently, 
that's the thing. He is shooting a lot of threes on him, but he's making a lot of threes on him. So, you know, this is not, you know, this is not the greatest matchup for Kevin Durant. So, I could, I could see a scenario where he's, he plays a bad game one and goes absolutely crazy in game two, and then everybody runs to Twitter to annoy him. Hmm. So, that's when it'll blow up. Okay. Big shot, Ron. What's going to break Twitter in the finals? After the after the game five, it'll be the ending to the shootout of game five. After we get back and forth, where basically it becomes two on two, Westbrook and Durant versus LeBron and Wade. Twitter will break when when LeBron hits a game winner. Oh, okay. I think I think just the way he's playing right now, he's I me. Mean, to me, he's, I mean, he's silenced haters and whatever you want to call it. We can get into all that. The next step is going to be this game with him. And I think he had a big one against Orlando that three years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think we're about due for that his finals moment. And I think game five, the Senate to OKC at 3-2 Miami is going to be the game. Okay. Okay. All right. I got Twitter breaking. I'm glad nobody stole this because I didn't think I was going to make it. So I had two just in case. Uh, I think Twitter breaks when Dwayne Wade dunks on Kendrick Perkins, kicks him in the face, gets in his face afterwards, let him know he kicked him in the face. They have to get separated, and Dwayne Wade gets attacked. That's what I think breaks it. <laughs> I don't think Dwayne Wade forgot about Perk kicking him in the face. And, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade is the godfather. He has to settle all family business. Uh-huh. All right. So. That is all I have for predictions. Any final thoughts? Uh, Fiona, any final thoughts you want to give on the finals? No. Just want to enjoy this one. <laughs> now, do you oh, think it's going to be possible to enjoy this one, or do you think it's going to be tough with, you know, with the heat hatred and all of that? I mean, you know, that, that, that it's not going to change, you know. and But I, let, let me just say this. Last year, I was nervous. Okay. Okay. And, and but this year, I don't feel that way. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not. It's not a knock against OKC because they're, they're a great team, but I just think for once, I'm probably gonna be able just to enjoy something. You know what I'm saying? Without sitting on, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I wasn't nervous. That's I'm, very I'm, interesting. I'm not nervous this year, so you know. Very interesting. Okay, Alfredo. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're in for well, the casual fan is in for a severe letdown tomorrow night because the top two players are not going to guard each other the entire game, and I have a suspicion that game one is going to be pretty ugly, and I think it's going to be by heat design. They're going to try to muck up the game as much as possible and try to play the game in in the nineties. And that's not going to be aesthetically pleasing, and it's not going to be a shootout. And those two guys are not going to look like the best two players in the world. So I predict a severe letdown in game one for the casual player. Hmm. Okay. And all-time ratings, I'll give you that. Okay. Big shot, Ron, any final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts that if you're right, – well, obviously you are he – to me, this is the perfect – matchup. It's not a team. It's good versus evil. It's LeBron versus Durant. 
if I was a Heat fan, to me, I would be really, really excited about. I'd be more excited about this matchup than I would be if this was San Antonio. So, I think it's the best possible matchup for the Heat. And just my final point, man. Y'all leave Mario Chalmers alone, man. Right. <laughs> Pass the word through Heat Nation, your Twitter followers, especially who is that? Your boy, uh, mostly KY. I'll leave Mario Chalmers alone, man. Mario, for what he's asked to do, is doing just fine, man. Leave leave Mario alone. Hey. Well, I'm, I'm super excited about the series. I think it's, I think it's, I'm excited about this series. I've been for a finals maybe in like 15, 20 years, and that's not over. That's saying a lot. Hey, well, first of all, I sponsored the Mario Chalmers page at basketballreference.com. So I'm. And I own his jersey. Thank you, man. I'm glad to see that there are people because, I mean, I I watched that game seven and I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really like that. I didn't like all the side eyes and and them kind of barking at Mario Chalmers when he's playing his role. He had a solid game, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't like out of control, or he was having a bad game. I think he's a, he's kind of in a tough spot. That's why I kind of made the comparison of Spolster. Is that when you're playing alongside these guys, he's he kind of gets he's kind of the whipping boy, and and I don't, I think it's undeserved a lot of times because to me he's played really well in these playoffs for a lot of stretches. So I think they gotta lay off of him a little bit. That is true, and I think. Uh... You know, underrated aspect of the series is if Chalmers can shoot a better percentage and take care of the ball better than Westbrook, you know, that he can win that. They can win that matchup. You know, if Westbrook puts together a couple of those five or sixteen shooting nights like he did against the Spurs, uh-huh. and you know, and they can force him into turnovers. You know, Chalmers can outplay him if he's going to do that. So, I think yeah, it's, very, it, it's interesting that you know, I I, I repeated this stat to somebody and. And they didn't believe me. They had to actually look it up. Thomas played over 38 minutes and turned it over less than two times a game against the Boston Celtics when they were pressuring the ball on him all game. Yeah, I don't know how much pressing the ball they were doing. The both teams kind of kind of let that go. You know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. Oh, it's calling. It's calling in. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there weren't that many turnovers in that series, period, because both teams were too, you know, scared to death of the other in transition. Like, Spo kind of started out pressing Rondo, and then he laid off. I feel like Boston laid off on Mario, too. But that's weird, because Rondo doesn't handle pressure well. Neither does Mario. And neither does Rio. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I didn't understand it either. I'll tell you one thing, I'd love to see the Heat trap Westbrook tomorrow. It's worked in, in a couple of games that they played against them, and I'd love to see them do it on the high pick and roll. Uh, we'll see. We will All see. Right. Famous last word, because if he turns that corner too quick and the big man can't recover, somebody's getting dunked on. Uh-huh. So we will see. <laughs> all right, fellas, and Miss Winfield, we will uh, wrap this all up when it's all over. And... Uh, at the very least, we'll do a heat cast, you know, next week, mid-series. Status support. Enjoy game one, okay. ladies and gentlemen. All right. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Legitimately, good luck. <laughs> All right. Appreciate All right. It. All right. <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs>